Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday morning for this special edition Flow Wrestling Radio Live. These days are running together. It's a, it's a, man, this is a great time of year. And um, joined as always by my mainest man and co-host Willie Saylor. It and, is Wednesday. Uh, it's Wednesday all day long. They kicked Willie out of the studio. Um, so he's, we're, we're improvising. There's nothing that will get between us and this show, even a change in venue. So, um, Willie's holed up in, in an office somewhere and we're going to make it happen from there. And, uh, today for me, you know, as you see, it's, it's Chris, it's Christmas day for me. And I don't know what it is about the brackets coming out being like this huge, huge thing. And, uh, but, but it's Christmas day now. Cause you know, you get older. Um, <clears throat> Christmas Day is really cool and it's fun, but it's more about the people you spend it with and, and ma- for me, making it fun for my kids. <laughs> now, shut up, Willie. Gosh, you see, I can't be sentimental at all around you. You're soulless. But now it's like it's really fun and I look forward to it, but it's not that ridiculous anticipation where I want a PlayStation 1 and Metal Gear Solid really bad. Now it's just like one of those things. But now Metal Gear Solid um, is now – do you know what that is, Willie, that video game? Metal Gear, uh, yeah, I know what it is a little bit. I it's, guess. it's a really, really fun game, especially when you're like 12. But now, these NCAA brackets, that's like, oh man, and I'm going to play with these things and, and fill them out 10 different ways, and it, it's going to be fun. So they're coming out today. They start releasing them at like 12 or 1, and they do one per half hour. So they, they spread it out over five hours, and they release the wild cards and everything. Um, how excited are you for this day? Is there is there a Christmas day for you, Willie? Uh, typically, typically my I, I love when the brackets come out. I mean, that's you know it's Christmas for you. It's Christmas for me too. Uh, my favorite day of the year probably is. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I love the NFL draft. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, but when the brackets come out for NCAA's, uh, it's pretty. It's bar none. Pretty 
pretty much the coolest day of the year, I think. Because yeah. then you finally can see how things are going to play out or, or project how they're going to play out. And what if this and what if that? And how does that affect the team race? And, uh, man, it's just, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, there's a lot of people um, – I just, it, in the past, didn't they release the wild cards prior to the day that they released the brackets? I'm, I'm not going to lie, Willie. I've never paid a ton of attention to the wild cards that much. Um, which we'll we'll yeah, get I, we'll get to I, that. I, I know I know. What so you're so why, th- that's how I'm answering your question. I don't really know. Okay, so I'm pretty sure in the past they did release the wild card, announce the wild cards bef- before the day that they released the brackets. Um, and as you're alluding to, I like in the past when their old system of wild cards uh, selection w- was a different way. I paid attention to it. Now I'm I'm with you. I don't really even care. I don't really even pay attention because all the guys that need to be in are in. There's not going to be an egregious um, error of somebody sitting at home, the, right? Is that, is that why you don't care about it? Right. The The best guys are going to get there. I mean, the last one I remember, and this was before they kind of changed the system, was when Craig Henning didn't get in. If you don't know who Craig Henning was. He was a returning runner-up. He, he was in the finals. He lost to Paulson. He, was, he, he lost was to he was a runner-up, I think, two years before, though, to be accurate. Um, I don't think that is accurate. He was a returning runner-up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the sec- He was second the year before. Then we could uh, we'll have to fact check that. But um, I believe this is why we need a stat boy. Bracky said he would be our stat boy. Like yeah, we need Bracky. We, we, we sh- a stat boy. But, we, we didn't um, want to. We didn't want to make him think he was really. We really needed him that bad. But now <laughs> we actually we actually do. So we do. Okay. So the moral of the story, though, is in the old wild card. So selection process, it was interesting and it was kind of, I mean, but there was errors, right? There was real errors. I mean, there was a time when the wild card selection process was determined by the coaches right immediately following the conference tournament. I remember uh, right after the Big 12 tournament, the coaches get in a room and Mark Manning coming out just irate because uh oh man his 65 pounder didn't get in and he really should have i mean by all standards now he definitely would have been in um yeah but he didn't get in because it was like a the coaches of your conference voted there was no um kind of standardized uh, uh kind of system like there is now so the moral of the story is back when the system was different it was Interesting. It was something interesting to follow the wild card selection. But now everybody that needs to be in is in. I mean, are we really gonna wonder if AJ Shop is gonna get in? And, and I mean, even Mike Mike Kelly, Nick Moore, those guys are. I mean, I'd be stunned if they didn't get in. They've been ranked guys all year. I mean, it's like okay, yeah, maybe they won't be in, but who's gonna go in their place? Like right. really, thirty three better guys. They're really the thirty. It's not gonna happen. The system is better. And so I just looked it up. Two thousand seven, Craig Henning was uh second 2008 um henning is nowhere to be found so um, yeah that was the okay so was it was the, a very next year yeah and um yeah that's that's how it went for craig he was and he wasn't great that year but it was still one of those things like come on like let, let's get the best 33 and now they do so it's it's um it's kind of more of a formality and there's gonna be fringe guys that they get in and don't get in and i just don't get caught up in uh, in that, like it, it for me as a ranker, uh, it's hard enough to find 
um, 20 guys, honestly. Sometimes yeah. you're like, gosh, I need a guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you were just picking. Um, it's bottom of the barrel at some of these weights. It's like, okay, it's like, um, you know, who, who, which pig has the most lipstick on it in, in a way. And that's kind of, you know. Not trying, to, <laughs> not trying to demean anybody, but these are very inconsistent guys, and you just have to. So, which who's been the least inconsistent? So that's me at twenty. So I'm mm-hmm. saying thirteen more. Um, mm-hmm. These guys are going to get in. So that's that's kind of my take um, on the wild cards and that. And um, Willie, you're known to um, wild well, out on Twitter a little bit, and you you were doing. Yeah, that I got. Well, I love starting drama on Twitter. Mm. There's two things. Two things I love. Like so. It's a really busy time of year, and I, even when it's not a busy time of year, uh, quote-unquote a busy time of year, you know, I'm grinding all day. But when I'm not, when, when I get my stuff done, I like to do two things, Christian. I like to read articles on ISIS. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> oh, just my guilty pleasure, reading about ISIS. I lo- like My me time, yes. I'll grind away on rankings for like hours and hours. That's what I do on Tuesdays. And then, but like, then when I'm done, I like to go find me, myself a good ISIS article. <laughs> I bet they're not too hard to find anymore. Jeez. No, they're not. They're, but you know what? In the beginning, um, there was light. No, in the beginning, uh, I, there wasn't as much information, right? So I was digging, looking up everything I could find on it. And uh, anyway, so that's, that's, that's one thing I do. But the other thing I like to do is start trouble on Twitter. And yesterday, I got my rankings done early, um, and then I had all my all my things in order, uh, and so it was. I started a riot on Twitter. <laughs> so okay, we'll keep going. Don't just don't just stop it there. You're you're trying to kill, um, well, a lot of things. You're trying. I invented. To... I think I invented a hashtag. Kill kill RT because I am tired of riding time. It is detrimental to the sport. All right, that's a little. That's a no. touch dramatic detrimental. No, it's not. There are very subtle tweaks that that could be made that would um, make riding time perfectly acceptable. It's um, the, a few little things. For one, all right, and this is a little of my background. It, it is ingrained in my very soul that the top wrestler cannot ride parallel. Okay, and I don't know. Maybe this is just something just in my area, but like. You got it. You can be parallel for a second, but you got to work out to the side. You got to be very active on top. Just breaking down the post, being parallel on top in college wrestling, they're hitting the bottom end for stalling. So this, those rules, um, are beneficial to the top wrestler, and I hate it. I think the top wrestler should have to be um, risk because the the way the game works now, it's these guys can keep a guy broken down for a minute and a half. So you're, uh, you're all. You know what? <clears throat> It is time, and this is why I say kill writing time because it is, we're, we've moved past the discussion. We've moved past the discussion of it should be this, it should be that. Everybody knows this. The top guy uh, to, to be up there legally uh, accumulating writing time should have to be working for a fall. Writing time, you shouldn't be allowed to ride for the sake of accumulating riding time you should be working uh turning combinations or pinning combinations now everybody knows that we're but we're beyond that we're beyond we we cannot allow the referees to be inept we cannot allow 
the, the referees to be judge and jury. We got to take it out of their hands because they stink. And they have no uh, balls. I'll just say it. They have no balls to do it. They don't want to be criticized by the fans. They don't want to be criticized by the coaches. They don't want to be um, subject to, deter- quote-unquote, determining the outcome of the match. Why do you think... Why, <laughs> they took... You cannot be DQ'd for stalling anymore. Why? Because the refs... Oh, we don't want to be the ones to uh, determine that. What, what, you're a referee. You're an official. Too bad. It comes with the territory. Well, I... In uh, not to defend the refs, but the the, Why would you ever the specific I said not to, so I'm not going to. But well, the the letter of the law, I read the entire rules of stalling, and there's nothing about working out to the side in the verbiage, which is a problem. It's a problem. And yes, the refs could still call stalling when you're not working for the fall. I I believe that that stall rules should be. Um, beneficially applied to the bottom wrestler that there, there is such a premium on the top guy working and and working and trying to get the turn and not just break a guy down and keep him on his belly you if you if you just shape the shift the uh um the the top stalling rules i think you're gonna get good riding you're gonna get guys putting a solid the, ride and getting time, turns when's the last time you saw a guy on top get hit for stalling oh it's been uh the only time you see it anymore is when a guy stands up and they don't return him right away. That's what I'm saying. You and never, so, never, <clears throat> you never see it. It's right. That, and that's the so, so that's my point. That's guy, the problem. You see a guy on top, right at parallel. You see a guy on top. How many? I've watched a million matches this season and last season with the guy on top with a tight waist and his hand on the elbow, and there is no movement whatsoever. He's just he's doing one thing and he he's keeping the guy down. That I mean. That's it's number it's boring and 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 he's not trying to do anything. I mean, it's a definition of stalling. All the um, benefit, or you know, it goes to the top guy. Yeah, and that's 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 my problem. So um, you just want to wipe it out, incinerate it, blow it off the face of the earth. I'm saying a subtle tweak, and we've got real mat wrestling, and and that's good. And it, well, okay, what's a subtle tweak? Subtle tweak is altering. Um, how we call stalling uh, on the mat, which is typically towards the bottom man. The top guy has got to get hit um, early and often, and he's either going to cut or he's going to adjust his riding. And when he has to adjust and he can't so, just well, ride this, the hips. I'm, when I'm he saying can't, this has been established. I mean, the, the referees the referees don't call it. They don't call it. And well, So what are you saying? That there needs okay, to well, be, they're not you gonna, need to change the book? Yeah. Well, what's more likely? Them completely eliminating a part of the rule or enforcing um, stalling differently, which is more that ch- they make changes to stall rules all the time. Um, they need to make a change here. That's more likely to happen than completely eliminating riding time. I don't care what's more likely to happen. I mean, it, the, the thing, the what's more likely to happen is determined by the decision makers, right? I mean, right. So why don't why don't we just make the right decision? Uh, well, I don't because I don't think that's the right decision. The right decision is to call st- but you're stalling not saying, properly. You didn't say you didn't say that. Well, that, that was another right point. That you didn't was, say that that was the right decision. You said that they are less likely to do it. I'm saying the ideal situation. Okay, that's fine. I don't think it's the ideal situation at all. I think you don't. Okay, so so uh, under your um, under under your process, you would have them change the rule book and enforce stalling more. Correct. Okay. Okay. 
And what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it has already, they used to call stalling more, right? I mean, it, there's never been a time when guys on top were allowed to stall this much. So we already put it in the hands of the referees, and the referees already proved that they're useless. So get get a little more clarity on what they're supposed to do. Get some um, sensible changes, and then we can have that. We can have them not screwing it up. Okay, here, I mean, a good parallel is um, the rules for the rules for defensive backs and football holding. We saw that. I mean, there were stats on it. They changed the rule in the offseason, and in the preseason, Twitter blew up with, like, I can't believe there's a holding call against D-backs on every play. Um, and so what happened was they changed the rule. They had a, they had a conversation about it. The referees, the, the NFL officials met, and they implemented the rules that they changed, right? And so it, it wasn't on the officials. I mean, the officials were calling it as the league instructed them to call it. Right. Uh, so you could you could theoretically do that with stalling. You know, after this season, they can make changes in the rule book and and, and say to all the officials across NCAA, listen, you need to be working for a fall. You need to be working for a, a turning combination on top, or you must ding them for stalling. However, I am not confident that the college wrestling referees would enforce it. They they. They don't have a backbone, and and they are completely. Uh, they don't have a backbone, man. They, they they don't. They worry about what the fans are chir- chirping. They worry about. I mean, they're intimidated by coaches. I don't. I have no faith in them. Well, I've got a little more faith than you. I mean, I'm not gonna lump them all and say, you know, they're spineless. They don't have, you know, balls. That's that. I I think that's. Uh, a blanket statement. I think there's moments where that is the case and moments where they, they swallow their whistle, and I think we can put it on them and ask them to uh, enforce action a little better. But I, 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 okay, so let me ask you this, though. Uh, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to say that uh, I'm better or anybody else is better, but if you take a really dialed-in fan, right? Yes. Uh, a fan maybe that's listening to this show right now, and you put the stripes on him to go officiate a match, are they calling stalling on top guys that aren't doing anything? Uh, I, yeah. I think so. I think so. But why to the, uh, an official that's supposed to enforce action, they don't. Because perhaps— like Everybody on the planet, everybody on the planet knows that the guy on top is doing nothing. Okay, but my point is that perhaps the letter of the law indicates that that's what they're supposed to do, whether they personally agree, whether—maybe that's how they're supposed to call it. Maybe— the um, they're putting the emphasis on the bottom man figuring out a way to get away. Maybe that's what they're. That's the word that's come down on high. You know, that's what they're supposed okay. to do. Because it's why very. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. Because it's very uniform across the board. We're acknowledging this is how it's called nationwide at, at the college level. So this is probably how they're supposed to do it. It's a matter of dead. that's wrong. Right, I will concede that fact. It okay. is it is pretty damn uniform. I mean, they're not calling stalling on top guys at all. They're not making a top guy do a damn thing. Whether and I, I'll give you that, that okay. it's it's pretty consistent. However, who is the brainiac that said this is the policy? Well, who is the brainiac? Who's the brainiac that got all the officials in the room and said, well, the guy is allowed to hang out on top. That's, that's how we're calling. That's it. my point entirely. That is the issue. 
not the refs. Uh, the refs are the issue, but the, it's where it's coming from. This has trickled down clearly to every single Division One ref because they haven't hit a top man for stalling all year unless they're standing up. So um, that's that's the problem. That's why riding time is bad. And uh, I'm sorry. Uh, a, a... I wish you know. I wish there was. It's, people listening right now might be like, "Why is this coming up now?" Um, you know, there's so much exciting stuff happening, and Willie's complaining about stuff. We should be ha- it should be a happy time of year. Um, we're about to hit our Super Bowl, and Willie's complaining about rules and complaining that things aren't exciting. Well, um, you know, at Big Tens, which is um, a mini nationals, there was some real. At, at the whole arena felt the same way that the product was bore like the product was not ideal uh and we need to make the the we need to make action happen and i mean you could say things about neutral wrestling too there's not a whole lot of shots guys should get dinged for stalling earlier when there's not i mean listen the uh jason Surtis and brandon Sorensen were wrestling for a big 10 title and probably the number one spot in the country right is it the number one spot in the country uh yeah potentially if he wins Probably Drake. Right. Drake probably gets it. Oh, okay, so we're, we're talking about that level of wrestling. And there was not one offensive point scored, and there really wasn't one offensive chance taken. Yeah. And that's what we're, that, that's what we're presenting. That's what the officials are allowing to be presented as wrestling. And, and so that's why it's coming up now. I mean, y- y- we have this awesome kind of moment. Uh, we're on the precipice of a another what will be an amazing NCAA tournament and um there's definite deficiencies in our product yep no no question no question there um but I'm I I think there needs to be a a change in the letter of the law to get it there and I think one of the main tenets of folk style wrestling is control and you so there is a place for for riding time in college wrestling and I'll I'll be honest the Beckman Gray match, it was a pretty low scoring one. It was exciting the fight that that Mason had to get riding time and then to get away. It it can make for some really exciting moments. It's not well, just you know, a top I, guy this, laying there. I've had this argument with Martin. Martin loves riding time. He thinks that it's an opportunity, you know, it creates another dynamic um and M- Martin's puts the emphasis on the bottom guy just laying there. Uh I mean, but the, the referee should be able to determine, and I think everybody in the building knows which guy is trying to work, right? So if the guy, if the bottom guy is laying on his belly, yeah, hit him for stalling. Yeah. But to say that the top guy, and this is what they've said, basically, the top guy is not allowed to get called for stalling. <laughs> That's yeah. what they said. That's what they said. But uh, Martin is right that it creates another dynamic. I mean, when you have, I mean, Dake won a national title over Taylor on a riding time point. Um, and, and when that clock is ticking up 52 53 all the way up to a minute and it's there is some drama there right but make them earn it okay uh that's all know? i'm saying that's my only point so maybe you're can you can change the hashtag from kill rt which is a little dramatic to no. alter rt yes you should nope. you you've admitted that you don't want to kill it you want to uh alter it and um nope I'm kill going- it because there will always be problems with it there will always be problems with it bud Wow, I, I'd rather. I would rather. You know watch we are it. sinful people, and there are always going to be problems with us. But I'm thankful that the Lord didn't just wipe me off the planet. You know, 
We all got issues, Willie. So does writing time. Let's help it work through its issues, you know? No, kill it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So but where do you want to go next? I wanted to make a couple. One nice thing about this, because I used to do preaching a lot, and preaching's not dead. It's just, you know, this is my thing right now. Um, there's still a place for it. But I would do one, and then I would, like, I would make a little mistake and like nothing worth readdressing. But then it's like, wow, that mistake's just kind of out there. But the nice part about this, we just run it back and we have an hour. So there's a little more space and things to play with. So I made a couple mistakes yesterday uh, when I was naming, you know, the big risk takers and shot takers on Minnesota. I didn't even include Dylan Ness, who is the number one most exciting wrestler um, close to in the country, but certainly on that team. So he definitely belonged on that list. I n- la- named the Dardanes and Schiller, and obviously Dylan is is that guy. And um, I said that Willie Miklas was the fourth best guy for Missouri, the fourth highest point scorer in all likelihood, and that's not true. He's probably sixth or seventh. LaVon Mays is their number four. So uh, a couple little adjustments, and I'm happy to be able to make those. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's where we are with that. Willie, yeah, I mean, on on – on making mistakes, you know, I, I, when I did overflow weekly, again, this is kind of taken over that, but, uh, um, when I did overflow regularly, more regularly, I always started off with corrections because you, you know, you talk for an hour, you're going to, um, forget some things or miss some things. But, um, talking about the best wrestlers, um, for, for Missouri and going down kind of their pecking order. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. Actually, it was prompted by a text message from, one of my favorite wrestling moms, Cindy Evans, Mike Evans' mother, she said, who is going to win nationals? And, uh, and you know, I just just thinking about it, going through the guarantees, um, I just think Iowa has more guarantees, right? I mean... Yeah, I think that... Uh, listen, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really rare. Gilman, Clark, Sorensen, Evans... Burak Telford. That's that's six pretty much locked in. Yeah. AAs. AAs. Like, how do you overcome that? I mean, especially from a, a pre-tournament evaluation. Pre-tournament, now anything can happen. You know, Nick Moore was supposed to AA last year, and he didn't. And Ethan Lofthouse. And Ethan Lofthouse. So, so very anything, quickly, those were two and, that we were like, yeah, put, put them in the bag. Right. So last year going into the tournament – we're like, oh, they're guaranteed AAs, and it didn't happen. But, I mean, something always happens. But, you know, again, going into the tournament, you have to think that Iowa has six AAs in the bag. And who can hang with that? Well, I, I think it's just – you mentioned it yesterday. I think you're answering your own question here. Is like well, yeah. we have this picture uh, of what it's going to be, but it's just – and it seems very uh, structured – but it's just hanging by the thinnest of wires. And one little pull here and the, the, the entire structure of the house can come down. So mm-hmm. that, that's really, it's, it is, yes, they had the most coming into it. But, hey, if, if Iowa has a tournament like they did last year, I mean, forget it. I mean, Iowa's team last year might, you know, it's close to probably better than this team uh, this year. So I, I don't know how to really answer that other than to say it's um you can feel good going in and i felt good about iowa going into last year and then it kind of got turned on its head really so um and when you have two five seeds that win like um two matches combined 
or mm-hmm. one match. That's that is a killer. And is this something that is um, an Iowa thing? Is Iowa gonna have guys that do this at NCs? I mean, Minnesota had it last year too, so I don't want to just put it on Iowa. But you know, all it takes is one of those big guns to lose in the round of 12 or, or worse, and then it takes one Missouri guy or Ohio State guy or uh, to to win one match, and then that's a you know a 10 point <clears throat> swing. Right. Like I mean. Uh... That's the beauty of the NCAAs, you know. Uh, let's say that, I don't know, uh, I don't want to demean anybody. I, I mean, let's just say Thomas Gilman loses a match uh, in the second round as somebody he's not supposed to, and I don't know, Mark Martin is wrestling somebody in quarters, and they roll their ankle, and it's sprained, and Mark Martin makes the semifinals. Now, all of a sudden, huge change in the landscape of the whole national title exactly that's so that's you can feel good about a team but you've got to understand without the sure things and there's not a sure thing outside of logan steber and alex daringer in this tournament um you can't you can't feel very confident no team should feel confident um you you can believe but no one should be like oh we got it you're not going to know who's got it until you know day late day two probably and even mm-hmm. then, this one's probably very. I mean, last year came down to NCAA finals, and it's probably going to this year as well. Didn't it? Didn't it the year before too? Yes, I believe. Because uh, remember, Ed Ed uh, getting that major late. Um, they have having uh, him push for the major against Hamlin. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, that was and that was like a very impactful right. Uh, so thing, the last, potentially the last two years, it came down to the finals. Yeah, yeah, and it was only the year before that where um, Penn State really ran away with it. Um, and then it was pretty close the the first year. Penn State right. won. I think they won it. I think they made it. They had it locked up because um, Quentin Penn Gambrel, and I think that locked it in for them. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, we're getting a little in the weeds. But um, yeah, you can't feel but so good. But Iowa, you're you're exactly right. They've got the most guys you can feel pretty confident in um, that won't have to overachieve to attain meaningful points. So you, yeah, you feel good about what they've got and what they're bringing to the tournament for sure. So um, one thing we always talk about, are you good there, Willie? I'm good. Great. Um, <laughs> talking about the the enigmas, um, the guys you just can't, you think you got them figured out and they do something where you're like, uh, well, wait, wait, who is this guy? What do we got here? And they finally think you got them figured out and then they, they win a match they shouldn't. So, um, there's some guys like that in Division One wrestling, and Willie uh, made a little list, and I think some of them are enigmas, and I think some of them aren't. And uh, I'd like to, yeah, I'll just kick it to Willie, and you can keep this rolling. Well, I think there's a lot of them. Um, I mean, the first guy I have down, these are in no particular order. Um, they Just the order they popped into my beetle brain. But the first one is Nick Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last year, you know, he's beaten Tyler Caldwell. Um, he's a shoe in for an AA going into, uh, the national tournament and he doesn't do well. And this year he's, he's struggling right now, man. He's, he, he looks tough. It looks tough out there for him. So, uh, what's your thoughts on Nick Moore and probably like maybe over the last 12 months? He is 100% an enigma. I have long been a Nick Moore supporter and someone who believed in his talent and believes 
He is a, a very good wrestler who kind of got a bad reputation. Kind of, and I felt the same way about Dylan Alton in in previous years. And he gets this reputation because you, when you don't place, you get a, a certain reputation. And I've always thought that is that is dumb and ignorant. But you can't look at a guy who last year beats um, Moreno. Ever heard of him? He's ranked second in the country right now. Tyler <laughs> Caldwell, okay, two-time finalist. Um, Harger, Zilverberg, Zilverberg, Harger, Taylor Massa. Those are guys he beat just last year. That's, that's amazing. That's stupid. That's it's amazing. Zilverberg that... was an All-American. He beat him twice. Harger was an All-American. He beat him twice. Caldwell was in the finals. He beat him. Moreno uh, is ranked second, was an All-American last year, and he beat him. Okay? He's a good wrestler. I don't know. I have no explanation for what's happened this year. Uh, Coach Brands has done um, – he's been very uh, – I, I don't know how to describe. You know, because he gets a lot of questions about Nick because a lot of people are like, what's up with Nick? What's up with Nick? And he said, Nick's fine. Nick's fine. You know, we held him out. So they're they're not – I don't think he's hurt. I, I just think uh, maybe – Wasn't that – Go ahead. Well, has he hit Derringer this year? They set him out the duel. Uh, at yeah. State. He, no, he hasn't wrestled during her this year. All right. So uh, the thing about Nick Moore, in my opinion, is um, he gets those pump fakes going, man. Yes. And, and he gets you moving and off balance, and he doesn't pull, pull the trigger. The trigger. His... I mean, he has guys off balance and moving, and I'm expecting uh, this deep shot, and he does. He, does, he doesn't take it. I don't get it, man. When he pulls the trigger, he's so good at pulling himself in to good position, head up, back straight, and uh, he's he's a good finisher, man. He's got nice attacks, and um, I think I think he's good. I've always thought he's good, and um, just something this year he has not been been the Nick Moore I I remember in years past, and that's not going to change how I feel about him. You don't beat you can beat one guy. Luke Ghetto beat um, Kendrick Maple once, okay. It was proven to be a complete and total fluke. Sure. So that was a fluke when I don't know what happened. I didn't even get to see the match. But it was a 100% fluke because Luke never reached anything close to the heights that, that Kendrick did. Nick Moore, you can't win all these matches by by luck. You can't right. beat six All-Americans and, and uh, a national finalist. And it, you don't just fall into those wins at this level. So no, he's good. That's he's what, good. That's what makes struggling. him an enigma. And um, perhaps one of the best examples of an enigma. And stop acting like Nick Moore wasn't ever good because you just aren't paying attention. Right. Uh, now, the word is that he's really injured. Like, really, really injured. Okay. First I've heard. Like, um, in, in what... Um, I'm not going to say. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but... Which explains it a little bit, you know? I mean, okay, it could explain the whole ball of wax, but... Yeah. Um, well, that makes uh, it less of an, an enigma if he's. Hurt. I know, but he's still not pulling the trigger, man. I'd still like to see him take some shots. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know if that's in the back of your mind. I've never wrestled at this level, but and we talked about it. You, sh- shooting is uh, not rewarded in this sport. Um, no, in, in fact, it's uh, it's a dangerous thing if you put yourself out there a lot of times and you aren't um, confident in your ability to finish. Even though I think he's a good finisher, that that could be in his head for sure. Um, so okay, Nick, now so so that's Nick Moore, uh, man, and and what a what a story it is. I mean, I've never seen the guy more up and down, right? I mean, have you? Um, I once 
look I mean up I mean to the... the to the extent that <laughs> to the extent that you're beating national finalists and um and then not placing. I mean like like you said, he has a ton of wins and now he just it's like he can't figure it out. I, I mean to me it's one of the most clearest cut examples of enigmas. Jerome Ward, I wish I still had that list of all the guys Jerome Ward beat from Iowa State. He beat uh, – I, I, I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to try to have it for next next episode. That's a dude. He beat national champs. He beat Keddy. Pasil- I mean, he had beaten so many guys, and he just never, never yeah. put it together. I'll find yeah. that, and uh, we can talk about Now, Jerome. to a lesser extent, maybe, um, the Dardanes. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've kind of been models of consistency throughout the year, for throughout the this season – Mm-hmm. But um, enigmas in the sense that they completely fell asleep last year at NCAA. So uh, are they in your mind? I have them on the list, but I did not confirm with you if you think they are in any way, shape, or form an enigma. I don't. I don't think they're enigmas. I think they are. Um, there's a certain type of wrestler that can give them problems, and they are. Not so so far removed from the field. I don't, uh, you know, a bad loss um, is is one thing. You know, a couple bad losses. They don't have a lot of bad losses. Um, you know, no. Nick, Nick well, lost okay. to Frisch. He got cradled Here, up, and that was that was the difference. Uh, yes, but that was overtime. He wrestled a horrible match. Um, yeah, but he was coming back the whole time. I don't. Uh, my opinion. That's one match. Uh, one match. Yeah. What, what do you mean one match? He came in as a two seed and didn't AA. Okay, that that happens. One seeds do that. Um, that that wasn't. <laughs> okay, well it plays into this enigma thing, doesn't it? Does it not? My all right. I guess I'm all I'm trying to say is um, everybody will drop at or not everybody. Many 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 guys. Kendrick Maple lost to Luke Gettle. Okay, isn't Nick Dar- Nick Dardanes is a one time AA? Correct. Who? Okay, he's a one-time AA that sat in the top eight of the rankings his whole entire career. All right. Well, I, I well, I would disagree. I don't believe he was ranked that high as a freshman. Um, he was fine. I don't know where he was seated. Of course, we can look that up. We need a stat boy. But um, okay, he loses to Frisch. Not that's that's bad. It was eight. All right, well, f- where, hold where on. Else? Listen. Hold on. Stop. It was eight five, and it was not in overtime. One move match. That five point cradle. Um. That probably was a that was a large amount of those uh, of that eight. So there's one bad match. Then he beats Ruggarello. He beats Lenny Richardson, um, and then he loses to Dave Habit, who's been ranked second pretty much all year. So yeah. okay, that's it's it, that's my point. It's one match. Um, Dardanes, I feel like uh, I'm trying to recall who he lost to last year. You know, he lost to Laser. Pretty good wrestler, good top wrestler, good top wrestlers have given the Dardanes troubles before. Not this year for Chris, but it's still a thing. He beats Jeva, then he has Port in the round of 12. Mitchell Port's amazing, and a bad matchup for Chris Dardanes. So I feel like there's one match out of both of them that's, okay. like, weird. So yeah, yeah, maybe I'm overreacting on that um, and, and playing into that thing if you don't AA, you, yeah. you failed. But... Um, you know, like you said, if you AA, you're the greatest on earth. If you don't AA, you're worthless. And that's just kind of that's kind of mentality of of 
newbies or I don't know, rookies in my opinion. And maybe I just kind of fell into that myself. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, all right, so Nick, to me, didn't really hit expectations last year. I mean, you can say it's one match to Frisch, but it was a big match. Um, and then, so I guess what I'm getting at is, now he loses to Josh Jeva, who's we've been both on record saying he's better than what people, people need to respect him. But nobody thought he was, nobody thought Dardane was going to lose to, to Jeva. Right. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. You lose to a top five guy, top seven guy, and you're not that firmly entrenched in the tier. Come on, man. I, 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 we've already for real? We've talked for real? about this match, Willie. I said it surprised me, but it's not like. You thought that Jeva was in the same tier as Nick Dardanes? No, he might be. There's. I th- Listen, Nick Dardanes should have kind of maybe put Logan Steber into overtime. Oh, I mean, he on. wrestled an amazing match against Logan Steber, and now we're talking about uh, it not being that surprising that he loses to Josh Jeva? He was down 7-1 to Logan, and he hit a freaking wall. If I if they wrestle again, it could happen in the semis. Watch what happens. It's going to be a demolition. Bank. Bank it. It's going to be okay. four, hey, not, four or five point win. It's. I'm not saying that. Would not be taking exciting. anything away from also, Dardane's performance. I'll tell you another thing I heard. I heard that the Dardanes are were having a really hard time with weight. Uh, no kidding. They're enormous. I know they're like short, but my gosh. Those are thick, thick legs, thick chest, big arms, thick neck. I mean, they're just big, big looking dudes. So I bet it's not easy. Uh, for those two, no, no question right. about it. Next, next one, uh, a guy near and dear to my heart, Mitch Minotti. Um, <clears throat> I have him down as an enigma. I don't know. Um, now, the he, he's a kid that, uh, f- as a freshman, made NCAA finals, and you can say semis. That, I mean semis. You can say that you know that bracket fell apart because of Dardanes, but um, he he has beaten good guys. He has wrestled good guys. Uh, like a Robuto, really close. Um, but then, you know, he'll beat a Josh Demas and then and, and lose to a Greg Flournoy. Okay. So, um, thoughts on Minotti and his Enigma status? I'm going to be gentle here because of the relationship. And I know you Easton <laughs> boys are tight. But, hey, I have thick skin, bud. All right, let's, let's go. Last year, Minotti was the 15 seed. That was not by mistake. Okay. He mm-hmm. beats Ruggarello, Frisch. And Zach Nybert. Mm-hmm. And just like that, he's in the NCAA semis. Mm-hmm. And then he triple dips to six. Yeah. So yeah. the the crowning achievement is really a win over Zach Nybert. Um, okay, so he's 15th. He finishes six. Fast forward. Oh, okay. to, fast I, I, forward. Oh, yeah, hold, on. hold on. Okay. Fast forward to this year. He's ranked um, 12th. So he's, this is who he is. He is the... 12th to 15th-ish guy right now. He has been pretty much the same guy for two years straight. Um, he's very inconsistent. So, to me, he's not an enigma. His his results, yes, they're inconsistent, but at, at some point, if you're like this your entire career, you're just a really inconsistent guy. Well, you know, okay. So, nobody's making um, any false accusations that Minotti tore it up at NCAAs last year and completely rocked the boat like and beat three returning national champs to get to the semis. I'm not saying that. Right. But at the same time, you're talking about, and I've said this 
before about rankings and, and who the – I said it yesterday about uh, Tomasello and Gilman. I, th I was more impressed with Gilman in a loss than I was with Tomasello in a win. Um, so you might be talking about results, paper results and paper rankings and stuff like that. I'm talking about in the deed, right? Like Minotti, Minotti is leading Real Buto 8-5 with 20 seconds to go. I'm talking about um, being right there with Hudeschelt last year. And you say triple dip, right there with Hudeschelt. Uh, he, he's beating Grahalis and gets caught in some funky, goofy thing. It was like non-controlled back points. And like, uh, it, okay, so I, I'm not saying that He's great, but I'm saying he's right there with guys. But then, you know that that old adage: you wrestle to the level of your competition. And like he's right there with everybody. He could he could if he beat somebody three to one that was really good. I wouldn't be surprised. And if if he lost to somebody really poor three to one, I wouldn't be surprised either. I guess that's what I'm saying. I hear you, and I feel you, but I don't. I mean, I think last year his. Uh... The crown jewel of his season was beating Grahalis, who he lost to. Um, and that was really it. And it's not like Grahalis really tore it up all year anyways. He was a nine seed and placed third. So mm -hmm. it's like that was his big moment. It was at Midlands, and then he lost to him the next time he wrestled. And he was Grahalis was only the nine seed and lost 11 times last year anyways. So yeah. I feel like – You're saying he I – know, I know what you're saying. You're saying he is what he is and, and is a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. Um he ain't right now. Oh, my. He's hurt. I'm not going to get into specifics just like you weren't. But uh, watching him um, off the mat, how he looked and just things I observed, uh, that's not a 100% healthy body or maybe even close to it. So yeah. I'll say that as well. Um, okay. That's Minotti. Uh, how about what do you make of uh, a couple Edinburgh guys, Shop and Habit? I make Shop as being hurt and habit. I, I don't know what to make of that. That's a, uh, in my opinion, an out of character loss, um, for habit. And we'll, we'll see, you know, uh, Claygon's dangerous. And I think we've, we've talked about him a little bit already, but that's not a match. He should be losing for right now. Not panicking on Dave habit. This is a guy who was second in Midlands. He beat Sorensen this year. Um, he had some has some other nice wins as well. I think he's beaten Villalonga. So not worried about Dave Habit, worried about AJ Shop just because um obviously he ain't right. Okay. Um now maybe like maybe Mitchell Minotti is the poor man's uh next guy, uh and the guy he lost to at semis uh in semis last year. What do you make of Kindig? Um not help. I mean, he's been fairly consistent. Now, wait, hold on, hold on. You say not. The first words out of your mouth, I think, was not healthy. Listen, he's a guy that beat Hudeshell. Healthy and, now, yeah, right. He was healthy then. So, okay. I mean, what do you want? An evaluation of him now, or like kind of the whole? Um, I think. Uh, okay, so uh, twenty minutes ago, you said nobody saw Kindig making the semis last year. Right. So his body of work up until okay, I up, up until NCAA's last year was he ain't, he ain't, he's not a national title contender he's not a national finalist contender no. but he's beaten Hudeshout who is he made the semis last year uh, and quite honestly I mean Sorens Sorensen beat him I mean all right 
Go ahead. You talk about Kindig's uh, body work. Yeah, um, I, you're touching on it. It was a there was a reason I didn't have him very high in the rankings um, coming into this year because he really didn't he didn't do much to to merit that. Um, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's yeah. the, to me that's and to go with that being considered as an NCAA finalist and and an NCAA finalist whose body of work was not that strong and add on to that the injury is he wrestling at big 12s is he not what is he uh he loses the bites and you can see the injury on tape yeah. uh all those things that meld together to, to for me to label him an enigma like what is he yeah i'm i i feel like i have a pretty good idea and ex- up until the how to shell win i felt like i understood him pretty well um last year he lost to mike rashado he lost to Grothis, dardanes how to shell how to shell Maple uh, inserts us. So um, I, I feel like uh, about where he is, um, you know, he was maybe the 8th to 12th best guy or maybe 5th to 12th best guy last year, and um, things fell his way. He got he pulled an upset beating Souflon, in my opinion. I did not see that coming. And now and then I think he took another step forward. He was having a really nice year. He won the scuffle, beat Haldeschelt. Um The loss to Sorensen I found to be a little weird. Uh, I thought it was weird too. I thought it was weird. Not gonna be, not gonna mince any words there. So I think Kendig's uh, for this year. He's a, he's a solid. He's been good all year. So I'll say I kind of know he is. I don't think he's really an enigma anymore. Okay, uh, two more guys to get to, um, and this is a kid that Illinois people were writing me emails incessantly about when he was in high school and saying. You're missing the boat on this kid. You're missing the boat. He's better than what you have him. You're not giving him respect. Four-time state champ. He's going to be a four-time state champ. Uh, uh, Was he really? I think so. Dang. Or, or, or maybe he. I don't know. Something. It was something um, very impressive with his resume. The problem was, he never wrestled an out-of-season match ever, and he didn't hit anybody. That was ranked like he didn't he didn't yeah. have win he I didn't gotcha. have wins yeah, over so. anybody. So Kyle Langendurfer and I always you know so then he goes to Illinois, and he's you know he, he doesn't do anything extraordinary to make me think that he was anything different than what I thought. And now Big Tens he wrestled very aggressively and fluidly, and I was impressed by him. And to be honest, I don't know his body of work this year. I don't know who he's won and lost to. Uh, so you inform inform us. I will inform you that this was a uh, an unbelievable performance by him relative to his accomplishments uh, this year. And his losses, I will name them. He lost to Claygon and Cottrell. Those are acceptable. He lost to Ponte, P-O-N-T-E, Crone, Theobald, Arthur, Dorsey, and Nelson. Um, those, Wait, who was the first one? Claygon. No, 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 the other one. The one Pont, he had Pont, P-O-N-T-E. Oh, oh, okay. Pont, Crone, Theobald. So, um, and and no really relevant wins all all year. So, and then he beats Pantaleo and Steber. And uh, yeah. a win over Steber means something when you consider, you know, he beat, even though he's wrestled so few matches, he's beaten Zach Bites twice, and that's kind of something that a lot of people can't say. So, um, I guess he's a freshman, so you can say, um, he's rounding into perhaps. So maybe maybe not an enigma, but 
maybe he took a good first step at at Big Tens and see if he can continue that. Yep. But now, uh, I have who I think is your ultimate enigma, or maybe not an enigma, but somebody that the rest of the country has pegged wrong. Yes. Um, Cody Brewer. Correct. And I think, like when I when I come up with the when when I came up with this list of quote unquote enigmas, it was not any in any way, shape, or form based on rankings. Uh, just just on my eyeballs um, and 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 kind of their wins losses um, and maybe their health status, but in this case, everybody else and I don't, I just checked this. I don't look at other rankings really. I just checked it because I know that you got some emails about it. <laughs> but other places have Cody Brewer ranked a lot higher, and I will let you defend that and inform the public why they have Cody Brewer pegged all wrong. Yeah, you gotta you gotta slow down on this guy. I mean, he's good. I've liked Cody Brewer. I predicted him preseason his freshman year to place. That's a not so humble brag there. So I know Cody Brewer is a good wrestler. However, stop just stop telling me he's a two time All American. Like first of all, like I don't know that really. Thanks guys. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Second of all, look deeper at what he's done. Okay. First of all, he's barely wrestled this year. Um, he's got he beat Earl Hall. Very good win. Very good win. But he also lost to Earl Hall. He's wrestled an abbreviated schedule, and his only other ranked win uh, this year is Nick Soto. But I am predicting he's going to get a very right. high— Right, so he has, he has wins over Hall and Soto, and people think he's the cat's meow. Cat's meow. And I'm like, look look at his season last year. Um, he lost to John Morrison 8-2, 7-2, And let's not forget the fact that he lost to him every time he'd ever wrestled to him the year before that. And— he wrestles him for the umpteenth time, and he catches him in a cradle and pins him. Okay, good win. Good job there. That's a nice win. Um, but is it likely to be the reality of who Cody Brewer is um, when you lose by five, six, and seven points to a guy and then you pin him? Is that the truth, or is it probably somewhere towards the other end of the spectrum? Then he, are, then he are, proceeds. his placing seventh and eighth or something Seventh like and eighth. He was seventh as a freshman, beating McCormick for seventh place, and he beat Levi Wolfensberger in the round of 12, uh, someone who's not even starting for you and I right now, um, for whatever reason. I don't know the reasons there. There could Maybe he's hurt. But he was 3-3 three and three at NCAAs last year. He beat Bruno unseated in the round of 12. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pretend he's Ryan Taylor, who's amazing, or that he's got wins on par with DeJulius, who, by the way, he's 0-2 for 2 against. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that so you guys need to pay attention and look at the wins and the losses and then rank them don't regurgitate yeah, but he, yeah, but he's a two-time all-american yeah that's all they got that that's there is no follow-up other than two-time all-american and oh he got it done and ryan taylor i i just don't look at it like that i never will if that's a wrong way to look at it um i'm sorry wrong but Every year, there's guys that place, and I'm not taking anything away. I'm not trying to take away your All-American finish. I'm just trying to come up with the proper order and the proper evaluation of these guys and their bodies of work. If you no, think, I, I 100% agree with you, Christian. I think you're looking at it exactly right. And to be honest, on the surface level, uh, I'm a big fan of Cody Brewer. Like, sure. Let's not let's not let's not pretend that that we are me and you are both not fans of. Uh, of Cody Brewer, but if you want to get right down to brass tacks and and analyze 
who he is, what he's done, and where he should be ranked, and where he is in the pecking order, you're looking at it the only way, you're the only person that's looking at it the right way. Um, because, to be honest, the name Cody Brewer has me a little buffalo too, because I think Cody Brewer is one of the top guys in the country. Well, uh, not on body of work, yeah. just, on, just on medals that he's earned that are that's a little misleading. Yeah. So, and he's uh, a guy I, I I like Cody because he is he's very consistent. I mean, apart from pinning John Morrison, I mean, he's been the guys he loses to, he loses to, and he beats he beats who he should beat, and he doesn't. Uh, so in a way, he is the least enigmatic. I know exactly who Cody Brewer is. I'm trying to educate you people, but you guys get so enamored with by the. <laughs> all-american finish that you can't listen to anything else i can't even teach you you're uneducable okay <laughs> hey, but i'm not okay. gonna stop i'm a teacher and a teacher doesn't give up on their students because i believe that if you just open your mind a little bit more the truth can seep in and you'll start to understand a little better that cp's not crazy um yeah so uh preach cp I, preach. I, I, um yeah so transitioning into that from from the guys I kind of label as as enigmas and maybe there's some question marks about um, to another topic and I think it's perfect um, while we're waiting for the brackets to be released um, now when the brackets are released we're gonna say oh this guy has a nice road and oh yeah. this guy can make some noise and oh this you know here's a here's a dark horse. Well, before the brackets are even released, we'll we'll say all that when the brackets are when the brackets come out. We will definitely say that. Yeah. But bef- but let's let's uh be a little bit um, more proactive and let's talk about some sneaky guys before the brackets are even released. Christian, what guys to you are like? You know, he's a flying a little bit under the radar. You know, he could really uh he could really make a run here into AA status. I mean, there, there's not going to be any guys that were like. You know this guy. He's he's gonna win a title. You know he's gonna make the no, final. Right. There's just, there's never gonna be anybody like that because we know there's too much work. There's too much evidence. But what guys are sneak sneaky guys for you? Um, I don't know why he keeps coming into my mind. Um, but for me, I I just wonder about Zeke Moisey. Um, just you see true freshman put together. Um, I would say trying to. Darian Cruz last year had a far worse season than Zeke Moisey did. Yeah. I mean, Darian Cruz was a borderline qualifier until EIWAs, and then he places. So I, f- I feel like there's going to be a guy like that this year that's like, there's no reason to expect it. There's no reason to expect Joey to get fourth. So I feel like Zeke, I watched Zeke Moisey wrestle. I think excellent athlete. I think he's got good leg attacks. I think he's solid in all three positions. Um, I feel like he's a guy with the draw. Uh, maybe he can make some noise, pull an upset, because there are going to be upsets there. So that's that's my guy, and I'm pulling from way – I mean, he's like ranked 20th or 19th right now. So I don't really think he's yeah, the top is, eight guy. But he's a guy, when I deep. watch him, I, I like what I see. What was what was Joey Dance ranked going in? Um, unranked. He was third in a conference with no All-Americans in it. He was not – He was – He was unranked. He was, he was unranked and took – Fourth. Fourth. And oh legit God. wins after legit. It was right unbelievable. Um, all right. Well, I'm not going. I'm not digging that deep. But I, I mean, I, I like a guy like Ronnie Bresser. Yeah. Um, to I don't know. I just think he's really solid. Had a really solid season, and and maybe that's not news to anybody. But I think when you talk about, um, especially, I think 125 is one of the deeper weights in the country, and and um, 
so to, to for somebody to sneak into the top eight, um, I, I like a guy like Ronnie Bresser, maybe. Uh, another guy I like that I don't think gets talked about too much is, mm. is D. Camillo at 33. D. Camillo, I, I obviously I'm biased towards all these guys that wrestle in Virginia school. <laughs> D. Camillo is one of those guys. Uh, he's uh, he's an animal. He is a tough, tough kid. He's a relentless attacker of the legs. Great single leg. Um, he's an annoying rider. He's not fun to watch uh, on top. I won't. Uh, he doesn't turn the best guys, but he is pesky, pesky, pesky. And he's ranked like 13th right now, which is more a um, a, a, a statement of how deep 33 is. But he's a guy. He beat Earl Hall, and I, I'm just gonna say it. He had Earl Hall beat, and Earl Hall did Earl Hall things and cement mixed him and pinned him. So D. Camillo is one of those guys. Um, d- don't be surprised. He looked good at ACC's um, dominating Heilman. Um, I think he's gonna do really well. So I like I like Georgie. Willie, it's ten fifty nine. We got one more thing. Come on. I know. Gosh. We ran out of time again. But look, all right. We had a couple other guy uh, guys. Let's hear. I had, uh, but there's one guy I really want to get your opinion on before we wrap up. Say it. Uh, okay. So we have Makati, Cleggan, Albinator, Kuhn, Ian Miller. Uh, I don't know why. Who put Kuhn down? Did I put Kuhn down? I did. Keep going. What is it? 1059. The guy I want to know your opinion on is Max Hutley. I think he's had an underwhelming career, and I think this year he's turned it all around. I love him. I think he's having an amazing year, and I think he's where he needs to be. Thoughts on Max Hutley? Like Max Hutley, goes to the legs, attacks the legs. I think he looks good. He could have beaten, maybe should have beaten Nathan Burak two different times. He should have beaten Schiller. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he should have beaten Schiller. He blew that match. Blew it, blew it. And um, he's from... VA, so let's not forget that. That's he's got a little the don't Commonwealth's tell, blood. Don't tell Blair people that he is from VA. He's got the Commonwealth's blood running Blair through his veins. Blair, Blair people still trying to claim Ed Ruth and Mike Evans. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> hey, hey, it's eleven o'clock. Have a Hold lot on. of stuff for you tomorrow. Tomorrow, up, we got Jake Herbert's going to be on. I know you're excited about that. Everyone's excited about that. We're going to hear from him, but then we're going to take the rest of the show and. Talk about the seeds, the brackets. We're, we're going to talk about maybe sleeper guys. We're not going to get into everything we want. That's why we're doing it again on Friday as well. So tomorrow, Thursday, 9 Central. Friday, 9 Central. We'll see you there. Thanks so much, guys.